Yo, what the fuck is going on, you pukes, man? Uh, this is Mark from HockeyHuman.com. You're listening to the weekly walkthrough podcast for Wednesday, December 5th. Uh, I'm currently watching uh, St. Louis up 2-1 on Edmonton uh, in the third <coughs> Pardon me there in the third period. Uh, I'm coming back from a little bit of a sickness. I was uh, suffering from... Um, uh, e. coli. I ate too much romaine lettuce. Uh, that's why I took last week off there. But uh, um, go on HockeyHuman.com. Uh, check out my latest blog post on uh, the uh, Edmonton Oilers before and after Kenny Kenny Hitchy. Um, <coughs> but yeah, man, so much news to get to uh, in regards to uh, the NHL and the NFL. Obviously, uh, the NFL completely fumbling um, once again in their domestic violence Um policy uh kareem hunt of course we all know by now uh one punch <laughs> no, i'm just kidding uh kicked and hit a girl uh, in a lobby of a hotel somewhere last january almost a year ago now um the team was made aware but sorry, pardon me i believe this happened in february um kansas city was made aware of this uh in august uh most likely when he reported back to the team the team said hey anything we should fucking know and did anything go down and kareem went oh yeah there was a little incident that happened uh not a big deal um, I didn't do anything. Just some chicks were yelling at me. Um, you know, that might come out. There was a, you know something with the police, blah, blah, blah. Uh, fast forward to the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and Patty Mahomes just slinging it. Kareem is on fire. Tyreek is on fire. Everybody's full notch, man. Kelsey's killing it. That defense is killing it. Everybody's doing fucking their job in Kansas City. And all of a sudden, that videotape surfaces, comes out, and that's it for Kareem. He is done. Um, now, there's so many angles you can take this from. You can go, okay, yeah, NFL players, blah, blah, blah. You can go NFL, Roger Goodell, uh, blah, blah, blah. But with the real angle, which no one's talking about, uh, and I believe Adam Schefter uh, tweeted about this not long after the incident itself was reported, is that one of these um, AFC teams actually gave that tape to tmz who were the uh they were the uh, breakers uh of this news um so tmz received this tape from another afc team obviously uh competing against kansas city uh looking to playoffs um you know this is a way to take out uh, a player um uh, in today's world um that wasn't necessarily available back in the day and you know we could see a lot more of this we could see uh you know, teams gathering dirt on other teams' players. It's so much easier in um, in the web world today and, and on social media to to just, you know, absolutely uh, scavenge um, someone's past just doing a quick Google search. You don't even have to hire a, a personal investigator anymore. You can just sit, you know, on your ass on a couch and uh, more or less ruin someone's life. Um, now, I don't know if you guys remember this, back when uh, the Bills drafted Josh Allen, there was, there was a huge controversy about tweets that he tweeted earlier um, as a young kid. Um, <clears throat> um, obviously, what he was tweeting, I believe they were like, rap lyrics or something uh, obviously there was a word in there that a white boy should not be saying um nonetheless uh, he apologized i think he was like 13 14 at the time which isn't an excuse uh but you can definitely see how that's a, a young boy uh, an ignorant young boy um you know shit like that you really don't appreciate and you really don't grasp until later on in life um <clears throat> Although as, as a kid you're told that racism is bad, uh, you know it, it, it takes 
you know, sometimes you don't realize that until you're, until you're a young man. Like, holy fuck, you know, there's a lot of hate in this world. And even though, you know, I don't possess that hate, you know, I, I shouldn't, dem you know, I shouldn't say things like that or I shouldn't act a certain way. Um, but yeah, no, no nothing, uh, you know, I'm not uh, excusing Josh Allen of his actions. Um, but, uh, you know, going forward from there, that, that ties in well with what happened with Kareem Hunt as uh, people are saying that that's, uh, you know, obviously you can't hear the audio on a security camera, but the the women were uh, were using uh, racial slurs towards him and his girlfriend. Uh, you can see there is a uh, race difference uh, in between the women here. I'm just getting a, a call from my girlfriend. Fucking goddamn it! One second. Apologies about that, there, guys. Um, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, does anyone, if anyone listening out there um, has a girlfriend, um, I want you to take a second and guess what that phone call was about. I'll give you a second. Do you know what the answer is? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Girls call you for no reason. That is so unacceptable amongst men. Do you know how fucked up that is if someone just calls you for no reason? Like, don't call me for no reason. Anytime, anytime someone's number comes up on their phone, a part of my brain goes, they've been in a car accident. That's why they're calling you right now. Why else would somebody call you unless their life was in danger? You know, I feel like someone, you know, every time someone calls me, it's like somebody calling 911 just to say what's up. It's like, don't bug me, man. Fire me a text. Send a T-bomb my way. Fuck off. Not trying to hear this shit. Um, but yeah, Kareem Hunt uh, was... Uh, you know, the subject of uh, some racial slurs uh, took it out the uh, the wrong way. You know, I, I was watching the video and uh, the very beginning, I was like, yeah, this kind of looks bad. This this looks kind of bad. And it's not to the very end of the video where he then kicks the girl over. Like he kicks her almost like like uh, this is Sparta hers. Like just like this is Sparta. Like just like, you know, and uh, she's like crouched over. and She falls right over. <clears throat> and uh, that's when you go. Oh, yeah, that's bad. That's pretty bad, and uh, you know there's there's no excusing it, um, but but you definitely know, um, you know, that video wasn't surfaced uh, for, in order for Kareem to seek justice, and uh, you know for that for the victim uh, of his actions, the video surfaced in order for Kareem to uh, to miss the rest of the NFL season, uh, which just that goes again to show you if Kareem Hunt was just normal Kareem Hunt everyday Kareem Hunt worked a normal nine to five job, uh, this wouldn't be a big deal. No one would care about this. Uh, that's that's the honest truth um, because this happened months ago and nobody cared about it until he was started doing dope, until the Kansas City Chiefs started fucking slinging dick. That's when the video surfaced. And that's when Kareem fucking had to fucking pay the piper, buddy. Had to pay the goddamn piper. And guys, you all know, you all know how kife drunk girls can be. They can be the most kife things on earth, man. Oh my God! When your girlfriend's drunk, when your girlfriend's drunk, you just reevaluate everything. You just you like you don't love her for like a short period of time. You know, like if your girlfriend's pissed drunk and you're sober, there's like a two-hour window when you really don't love her. 
Oh, because she's drunk. No, just me. Uh, all right. Anyways, uh, William Nylander, of course, signing in Toronto uh, minutes before the 5 p.m. deadline. Uh, everybody in Toronto media was shitting their pants uh, at 4.30 p.m., uh, except that's the time that Willie phoned up uh, Kyle Dubas and said, all right, let's get a deal done here. Uh, he ended up settling on an average of 6.9 per. Uh, this uh, deal, very top-heavy. I think he's actually getting somewhere up to $10 million uh, for this season. Uh, when you look at the way this contract is structured, it definitely looks like they're uh, hoping to get a trade uh, for Willie, uh, make it, you know, that's at 6.9 um, and being one of the top right wings in the league, uh, Willie can definitely um, be uh, be a good uh, uh, good piece of a trade at that, at that AAV. So <clears throat> Willie will be uh, joining the Leafs uh, for the game against Detroit. Um, I don't understand why he couldn't step in against uh, Buffalo on Tuesday night. Uh, but man, oh man, that was a fucking game with or without Willie. That game was fucking incredible. Uh, back and forth the whole game. Austin Matthews, two seconds left. OT winner. I mean, you can't fucking write that stuff, man. That's just a great game. You know, I'm not a Leafs fan. I'm obviously, I don't know if you listen to this podcast before or do you know me. I am a Sabres fan through and through. But man, oh man, that was a fucking awesome match. I can't, I was even upset. Like, obviously, I was super pissed that they lost for like 10 minutes. You know, then I kind of like woke up this morning. I thought about how fucking great of a game that is. And, uh, you know, if every game is that fucking great, you know, win or lose, you look back and that would be a fucking awesome season just to watch more hockey like that. So I uh, can't be upset about the result. Buffalo played fucking fantastic, especially coming off of a back-to-back, you know, away uh, in Nashville on Monday night uh, and then at home against Toronto on Tuesday. So that's some some decent travel and also playing the two best teams in the league back-to-back nights. Um both performances i mean nashville was uh you know just a whatever game they didn't look too good in nashville but just to come home and not only you know have a good game against the leafs but a strong first period they came out hungry you know very hungry it looked like maybe in the second it was like you know uh oh they're kind of catching up from yesterday they're getting a little winded a little tired uh then sam reinhardt scored that tipped in goal um that tied it up at one and it kind of just had a boost from there uh now toronto did score uh late in the second period to make it 2-1 to go into the third but buffalo had some jam uh they were fucking wheeling it they were looking good uh and had a very strong third period so to you know come off a back-to-back uh like that and have a good first and a good third uh that says a lot about a team unfortunately they uh, didn't get the win there but uh fucking fantastic game I, i hope you guys caught that uh, and it's just great to see uh, the QBW rivalry uh, alive and well. Um, you know, that was always a great matchup, uh, even when both the teams were shit. Uh, they always played really well against each other. It's a, it's a definitely a very underrated rivalry uh, within the NHL. Um, you know, everyone talks Leafs. They talk Habs. They talk... Uh, you know, they talk uh, Senators, they'll leave, you know, Boston as a late with the, uh, the playoff matchups there. But uh, I definitely see Buffalo uh, going to step in there as, as the major Leaf rivalry. Uh, and even cooler if uh, <coughs> if uh, Alex Nylander uh, eventually becomes a player of some substance in Buffalo. Uh, he seems to be a, a lifer in Rochester as of right now. But uh, if he can step up in there uh, and be, and be a, uh, you know, a uh, consistent uh, roster spot on the team uh, and play against his brother Willie that'll just be another layer to that rivalry that I think would uh, definitely uh, make it one of the best in the NHL and if that game last night shows us anything it is on its way to be that again uh fucking just a great time and uh, like I said go on hockeyhuman.com uh, read my most recent article on uh, the differences between the Oilers with Ken Hitchcock and Todd McClellan 
Uh, just the difference in the other coaching style and how that has translated on the ice. Man, it's been a while since we chatted. Holy shit. Uh, Sabres lost their losing streak. Uh, Shea, uh, Shea Weber's return to Montreal. Finally, the captain has returned, and he's looked fucking outstanding. Tom Wilson uh, has returned as well in that short period of time. Tom Wilson has been on fire. That kid's a fucking heater uh, for so many different reasons. Um, obviously, the goals are there. I think he's over a goal a game this season uh, after coming back from that suspension. Um, fucking just laid out that kid on the devils the other night and then reeves uh last night or the night before just put him in a fucking bed um but yeah uh, tom wilson has just been dominating the headlines uh since his return uh st louis uh still up 2-1 on edmonton in this game i'm watching here um <laughs> steve odd a blues assistant coach <laughs> like steve ott's an assistant steve ott that guy's fucked man that's your assistant coach, is Steve Ott. Jesus, man, I got the fucking noises. Just smash the speaker off my desk. This is the worst quality podcast you could ever fucking listen to, man. This is fucking ridiculous, that shit. All right, guys, I just want to do a wrap up the podcast uh, with a quick, uh, quick talk about the. Uh, NHL entry draft for 2019. Uh, I know we're a little early out there, um, but we're going to get closer and closer to that time um, where your team absolutely fucking sucks. Uh, and this is the only thing you can really start looking forward to um, besides just picking a new team to cheer for um, because the team you love is so awful. Um, as a Buffalo Sabres fan, of course, this is something that I am completely familiar with and absolutely, uh, absolutely comfortable with at this point in time. As good as the Sabres have played this year, uh, if they were just all of a sudden just absolutely fall off, um, I don't think it would hurt me as bad as it would hurt other fans. You know? You know like that Sam Smith song? Like, I'm way too good at goodbyes. I'm way too good at goodbyes. I feel like that, you know what I mean? You know? It's like, I'm way too good at tanking. I'm way too good at tanking. I'm way too good at tanking. We're too good at tanking. Like, I just have like, this thick skin to tanking. Anyways, man, they're going to start fucking talking about the draft soon, dude. And they're going to be throwing names at you that you have never fucking heard of before. But for goddamn fucking, you better pretend like you have, cocksucker. You better pretend like you watch Saskatoon, Lethbridge, SKA, St. Petersburg. You know, the National Development Under-18 Team, TPS Liga. You don't fucking watch those squads, man. You watch NHL hockey because you're a normal human being, man. You know, and people are like, bro, I fucking watch damn coach play every night in junior. Why? Why? I was watching a young Sidney Crosby rip up the NHL, man. So, I, I get it. The OHL is fucking dope. I'm not shitting on CHL, man. Watch OHL. It's dope, man. Go ahead. Check out your game. I'm actually, uh, I wanna go, I'm going to go to the uh, Niagara Ice Talks game tomorrow. Uh, fucking Saginaw's in town. I'm going to go catch that live, son. I'm fucking excited about that. But, uh, no, man. I'm just talking. I'm talking absolute shit. Uh, so, we're going to throw some fucking team names, uh, some team names, some fucking names your way, uh, and some potential teams that will be drafting them. Um, we're going to start at uh, currently uh, the number fifth uh, overall. Um, he's Canadian, guys. He's Canadian. And once again, not a lot of Canadians in the top five 
Uh, even in the top 10, obviously, it's mostly Canada, but it's not all Canada. You know, and there's like a part of you that that scares for some reason. Um, but for the most part, that just shows that fucking hockey's growing, man. This fucking this game is absolutely growing, and there's going to be Finnish kids that are going first overall. There's fucking you know American kids, tons of a fucking talent coming out of America for the, like that U that U18 team, man. They're fucking doing something good there, dude. They're fucking they're, like since I'd say since Patrick Kane. It's been fucking crazy, the shit that's come out of the fucking that that development team. Uh, but, yeah, man, so the first guy, um, probably the fifth guy uh, overall uh, in this draft this year is a, Dylan, is a guy by the name of Dylan Cousins. Uh, he's a center. He's a right-handed centerman. He's from Whitehorse, Yukon. This motherfucker is from the Yukon. Yvonne of the Yukon. Uh, he doesn't remember that show because he was born when that show was on the air in 2001. This kid was born on February 9th, 2001, man. Edmonton just scored with 55 seconds left. Holy shit, cleft bomb. Amazing on an empty net, too. Fucking pulled the goalie and tied it up. Jesus Christ. I like to make note every time I fucking see that. So it's like, it never works. It, bro, it never works, man. Like, it never works. It just worked right there. That's my iced Americano. Excuse me. Um, no. So, uh, Dylan Cousins, Spectacle fifth overall, 17 years old. Uh, he's six feet tall. He's 177 pounds. Uh, fucking. You know, definitely going to fill out uh, in a few years, but just, you know, I feel like such an old fucking man, dude. It's 2001, dude. This kid doesn't remember September 11th. Like, that's fucking crazy to me. I was in fucking, I was in grade five when this kid was born, man. Jesus Christ. Uh, see, yeah, yeah, he played, uh, he plays for Lethbridge Hurricanes. He's uh, played since uh, 2016, 2017. Uh, 2016, 2017, only had three games played. Uh, as he was only 14 years old, but in 17-18, uh, he played the full 57 games, uh, went home with 53 points, uh, 22 goals, 31 assists, uh, and then this year, so far, he's played 27 games, he's had uh, 14 goals, 22 assists, uh, and 36 points, uh, Dylan Cousins, um, uh, he's you know, at six feet, 177 pounds, you expect him to fill into that uh, standard uh, NHL centerman. Um, you know, I don't like maybe you know, finish off like six foot two, uh, upwards between uh, 200 pounds. There, I'm um, just taking a look right now uh, at his elite prospects page here. Uh, you know, they have him ranked number six, um, in the draft. Uh, everywhere I've looked has him ranked number five. Um, but yeah, playing for currently for, for Lethbridge, um, you know, everybody's everyone's talking about the centerman. You know, centerman depth is is the way the NHL is working. Um, you know, you can have that really strong D, but you know, you got to look back at to, to the Pittsburgh Penguins and the defense that they won with. Uh, especially if you look at the team they beat, Nashville Predators, who arguably has the best defensive core uh, in the NHL. Um, but Pittsburgh's depth uh, down the middle um, ended up winning them the Stanley Cup in the long run. So uh, I don't know what that means, uh, but uh, what I do know that uh, fourth overall. Um, in the standings, oh, and pardon me there, um, as of right now, if the lottery were just to fall the way it is, um, Cousins would be heading to Philadelphia, um, some more depth up front, um, for the most part, um, <clears throat> for the most part, this uh, top five is really a forward heavy, um, not a lot of defense in the top five, I'm just going to actually, I did, was there one defenseman at all in the top five? I don't believe I saw one. Um, 
Yeah, no. Yeah, everybody's, yeah, everybody, Jesus Christ, man. I'm, I'm going to get to that. I just clicked on something and saw something that I, I got to get to in a second. But, yeah, going fourth overall here, uh, and if the if the lottery were to fall um, the way it is today, this would be kid would be going to Jersey. I had a kid by the name of Kirby Dotch, um, born in Fort Saskatchewan. Uh, he's played for the Saint, uh, for Saint Saskatoon. Hey, Mark, hey, Mark, just take a second, buddy. Just take a second here. Take a second. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. He played for the Saskatoon Blades, you fucking idiot. Uh, he's had 19 games played in 2617. Uh, once again, as a 14 year old, um, 15 year old, six uh, goals, four assists, uh, 10 points in 19 games. Uh, last year, played 52 games. He had seven goals, 39 assists, 46 points. Uh, but this year, he's played 29 games. In those 29 games, he's had 27 assists with 14 goals on top of that for 41 points in 29. Uh, this kid looks like a fucking stud. Uh, once again, early uh, early birthday in January of 2001, coming in at six feet, 195 pounds. So just you know, a little bit thicker uh, than than cousins, and maybe that's why uh, he's up. Just that, that gave him a little bit of an advantage. He's going to be a little bit of a thicker, a little bit of a heavier centerman. Um, you know, kind of. You know, the way that, like, you know, Austin Matthews plays where he has that finesse, but he also has, like, that power forward angle to him where, he, like, he can just stick that big Latino booty out and just get some space in between you. Um, but, yeah, he's just, uh, these, oh, these guys got him at six foot four, eh? Six foot four. All right, so they got him at six foot four. Um, yeah, like I said, the, the, you know, his, his scouting report has him listed as just the big bodied, uh, you know, centerman. Uh, playmaking centerman uh, with a uh, you know the finesse, soft hands, fantastic uh, 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 you know um, passing skill. Yeah, this this guy is uh, this guy's a stud, man. So so this guy's projected to go fourth overall. Okay, his name's Kirby Dotch. That's D A C H. Uh, he's uh, he's a centerman, uh, right wing, uh, shooting right. Um, interesting. Uh, there's only one player that's shooting left. Um, in this top five, uh, and it's the guy going first overall. And there's a, and just looking back at it now, in this whole uh, top ten um, projected uh, draft picks this year, there's only one defenseman. So uh, to me, that either means that this isn't just this isn't a good defensive draft at all, or that this order will will flip up a lot. Because um, you know, obviously the the old saying is, you know, you draft the best player available, you don't draft for position. But I can't see a, one defenseman in the top ten, and you know, that's it. Everybody goes home. Uh, but yeah, Kirby Dotch. You know, uh, you know, right, uh, right-handed centerman, right wing, uh, playing for Saskatoon, Mark, uh, Canadian, uh, and then that's it for for Canadians here in the uh, in the in the top five. Uh, we're gonna go to Russia um, for the next guy, uh, and his name is uh, Vasily Vasily Pod Podkolzin. Vasily Podkolzin. Podkolzin. Pod Colson. That guy's going to have, if this guy makes it in the NHL, you hear here first, people are going to have so many fantasy names. Pod Colson. I can't think of one right now, but this guy, uh, this guy is playing with uh, SKA St. Petersburg right now in Russia. 
Uh, he's played on all three. So they have like three different tiers, I guess. They have SKA 1946, which is the MHL. Uh, and then they have SKA Nava St. Petersburg, which is the VHL. And then they have SKA St. Petersburg, uh, which is the KHL. And uh, he's currently playing for all three, I guess. Um, uh, Russian international junior team uh, this year and last year was on Russia under 16 back in 2016. Uh, he had 39 points uh, in 2016, playing 29 games for Russia. Then um, <clears throat> the Russia under 17, he played 21 games for uh, for the country, uh, putting up 13 goals and 17 assists, tallying 30 points. Uh, this kid is a fucking animal, man. Jesus Christ, uh, you know. With the, what they're doing in Russia, I don't fucking know if it has anything of what they're doing in Shoshi, but God damn it, man. He's a complete winger with all the qualities that you want in a player. That's what Craig Button says. Very strong on the puck. Plays the hard, fierce, but disciplined. Strong puck management. Possesses an effective move to his forehand. Uh, I like it. So, yeah. So, Vasily Podkolzin. Uh, projected third overall uh, if the uh, the dice were to land the way he uh, today he'd be on his way uh, to going into Chicago uh, if he's just a dynamic passer and, and a big-bodied guy I mean this is someone you could slide right in with with Evander Kane I mean I don't see anything on here about his skating uh, if he can if he can skate around really well uh, he's six foot one uh, 190 pounds so you know he's gonna be a big kid uh, you don't really get that big man body until you're like 23, 24. Then I think you start becoming a man. You know, you you grow, you know, you just become bigger. Like you swell up a bit. I feel like around that age. So uh, a lot of these guys, are just uh, all these guys, are just gonna balloon. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, so that'd be so cool to see a guy like that on Chicago. Uh, put him up on the wing with with Kaner. Uh, if he's got good feet and, and he can give and he can get Patrick Kane that puck and, and Kane can finish it with uh, with that fucking shot that he has, I mean that's fucking sick. And if he's got that fucking power, that fucking little mean edge to him where he can use his body like that, that just that just adds a whole nother level to to what he can bring. So that'd be a cool guy to see on uh, Chicago, and that leads us with the uh, the top two guys remaining uh, this year in the uh, NHL entry draft, and that. Guy sliding in on the second spot is a uh, Capo Caco. If I, I think that's I used to say his name, Capo Caco, and uh, this guy is going to be having uh, <laughs> fantasy names galore uh, as he will be slotting in if the dice fall right now into the St. Louis Blues lineup. I'm watching them uh, lose to Edmonton. It's in overtime right now. Oh my God, that's great, man. Me, <laughs> David almost scored. Yeah, Edmonton's got a power play in overtime. Uh, I hope you guys watch this game because it's been good. I've been trying to pay attention while doing this podcast, but fuck, this game's good. Ah, oh, McDavid just made a stupid pass. And that's it for the power play. Anyways, uh, Capo Kako, born uh, February 13th, 2001 in Turco, Finland. He's six foot one, 180 pounds. Uh, he's playing for two, uh, TPS uh, Turco right now in uh, Liga and SM Liga. So uh, that's. Uh, that's uh, 23 games played for him on the year with seven goals and 10 assists, so uh, 17 points. Um, you know, six foot one, 180 pounds. Uh, this guy is, uh, you know, once again, like he he will balloon out. He's a right winger. Um, 
Now you might say, okay, that 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 where you uh, kind of lose some draft stock, but if you look at the fucking scoring uh, in the NHL this season, the number of right wingers in the top scoring is fucking ridiculous, man. Because you know the NHL, like I said, is really built upon that centerman depth. But unless you got a fucking winger that can wheel with that superstar centerman, it's useless, man. You don't have a, that guy. That guy doesn't have a weapon. He doesn't have anything to use. So Capo Kako uh, is a right winger uh, who would slot in fucking fantastic into that St. Louis Blues lineup. Um, you know, with Ryan O'Reilly as a centerman on that team, that guy always has the puck on his stick. He's getting the puck constantly. So, you know, like like my Babcock says about Hyman, you know, you need somebody to get him the puck, uh, referring out to Austin Matthews. And, uh, you know, you need somebody to give Capo Caco the puck. Uh, he's a quick-thinking winger. Uh, Caco never seems to be in a rush. He reads the game exceptionally well and finds himself a step ahead while the play is developing. He is confident with the puck and capable of handling it in small places. Uh, with a decent size for a player of his age, uh, Kako protects the puck rather uh, while using his high hockey IQ to make smart offensive plays. Um, let's see here. Kako excels offensively and uh, beats opponents with smarts and skills both on and off the puck. Uh, Matthias Storzik in, th- in 2018. Uh, quality hands able to keep the puck under control when physically challenged. Uh, works in all areas to help his team get possession. Uh, this just seems like a very, very smart hockey player. Uh, some guy that, that's going to work in the corners for you. Um, no wonder he's going second overall. Um, just a dynamic player. Maybe not one of those guys that, that ends up being a superstar in the NHL, but maybe one of those guys that everybody wants on their team. And that's what I'm kind of getting from Capo Caco. Uh, and I just fucking love his name. And, of course, uh, first overall this season, uh, we've heard his name all year. Uh, you know, the LA Kings are picking a fucking fantastic uh, year to bomb because this kid is an absolutely exceptional talent. His name is Jack Hughes. Uh, his brother, uh, Quinn, uh, went to fucking Vancouver uh, last year in the draft. <clears throat> Jack was born May 14, 2001 in Orlando, Florida. Welcome to Disney. Uh, currently 17 years old. He's 5'10", 150 pounds. He's not the biggest guy in the world, but fuck, man, he's an absolutely dynamic fucking individual. Um, in the USA, uh, under-18 team in 2017-2018, he played 18 games, putting up 18 goals and 21 assists, totaling 39 points. Fuck me. Um, once again, uh, <clears throat> in an exib- and that, that, so that was in the USHL in exhibition games uh, in, in the same season. Uh, he put up, uh, he has 18 games played here with 29 points and then an additional 15 games played f- with uh, 33 points. Uh, so you're looking at like, what is that? 63 points in what? 33 days? Fuck, that's crazy, man. So that's Jack Hughes. Uh, gonna go first overall to the LA Kings. That's fucking crazy. That'd be so cool, man. Like, who knows what that can do to the NHL, man? Because the guy, you know, the guy can be a big fucking star. But that's it for us, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you fucking enjoyed this episode. Uh, more draft talk, more football talk coming up. Uh, gonna have some guests coming up in the future. Thanks a lot. Take care. Goodbye.